this morning. Um, I don't want to cause panic in the heart of anyone, but we are five weeks away, six weeks away from Christmas. So I uh, don't, don't want to stir anything this morning, but I do want to point you purposefully and prayerfully to this year's Christmas offering coming up on Sunday, December the 16th. Sunday, December the 16th. I'm asking that you would uh, carve out this day, this time, this season in your calendar and in your agenda so that you can engage what God wants to do as he leads us forward at Shannon Oaks Church. For those who have joined our family recently, you may not understand the backdrop of where we've been that's brought us up into this point looking ahead to Christmas offering 2018. But over the last year, since last year's Christmas offering, God has powerfully set us free from the chains of financial debt. Church, I'm not done praising the Lord for his provision in our life and our family. And as God has brought clarity to um, us and the leadership in this season as we prepare for what God is going to do in the upcoming days and years, we really believe that we're in a season right now of preparation. We've seen the Lord set us free. We believe that right now is the time for us to get ready so that when God gives us the green light, we are ready to grow and pursue all that he has in store for us in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. And so as we set a, a vision for this year's Christmas offering, 2018, we want you to understand that we are aiming together as the family of Shannon Oaks Church to get ready. There are things that, that have been neglected along the way. There are things that need to be added uh, along the way so that when God tells us to go, we're ready to go full steam ahead, unhindered to engage the race that he has marked out for us. And so there's going to be some details and some specifics that are given in the weeks ahead, but I want to start today by paving that road between now and December 16th with the reality that as God has set us free, now we're in a season of getting ready for what he has in store. So uh, I, I ask that you would spend some time this week prayerfully considering your participation in the Christmas offering. And as has been true over the last several years, my commitment to you, Shannon Oaks Church, is simply this. My contribution, the Godwin family contribution to uh, this year's Christmas offering will undoubtedly be the largest Christmas gift that we give this holiday season. My invitation to you is to join me in doing the exact same. Can we do that? Can we join together trusting that God is going to do what only God can do if we're faithful with what he's entrusted to us? I cannot wait to see what he's going to do, and I'll have more information about that in the coming days. We are, before we get to Christmas, by the way, I was driving down the road yesterday, and Christmas music was playing on the radio. We haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet. I saw somebody post on Facebook this week, for those people who are going crazy, unhindered, pursuing Christmas, you need to remember that the angel hasn't even told Mary she's pregnant yet, right? Just hold your horses just a little bit. We're going to get there. It happens every year. We're 11 days away from Thanksgiving, and there's something that's just a reality about this season. It just has us feeling blessed. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, 
we're talking about a sermon series called Hashtag Blessed, right? And the reality of it is, is that we've seen uh, God kind of peel back the veil in some ways to show us and remind us what true blessings really are. And, and we've seen this amazingly powerful yet humbling connection between the word blessing and as God designed it because we believe that God created blessing. And so as the creator, he wove it um, as very much the fabric of, uh, of who we are and how we have come to understand similar concepts and ideas such as kneeling or causing others to kneel. And so we see throughout the scriptures that there is this synonymity that takes place between the usage in the original language between the word bless and the word kneel, the word blessing and the word cause to kneel. And it's used of people when God blesses someone, and it's used of camels when they kneel beside water wells um, on a long journey. And so last week, we, we really began to step deeper in the journey of blessing as we've acknowledged that God's greatest blessings are not physical. But God's greatest blessings are always, you may remember, a knee gift, right? Where God bowing before humanity because he sees something on the other side that he values and respects and has entrusted something to. And so today, we close this series of messages with a message that examines our hearts. Everybody loves that, right? Shine the light on our true motivations and may just may give us a proper uh, a tool along the way to evaluate the way that we receive God's blessings. If you have a copy of scripture, I want you to open up to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to Genesis because there's a truth when God created the world that we see and believe to play out through the rest of the course of Scripture. That when God creates, that everything, His words, are good. And He saw it exactly in alignment with how He intended creation to exist. And, and we know that things got off track with creation and then begins the journey of, of anticipation and arrival for Jesus, who we believe restores and redirects the trajectory that humanity had, had taken on their own. And now we believe that there is in Genesis, it's not just the beginning, the middle, and the end that we see throughout the course of Scripture, but God gives us a glimpse in Genesis chapter 1 of how he intended things to be. And so when we now reconnected to the Father through Jesus, wrestle with what life is supposed to be like now, and here in 2018, as Shannon Oaks Church and the, and the community of churches around the world, we find ourselves revisiting Genesis 1 because there's a principle or a law scripturally that says this is the first mention and therefore it holds value and revelation for God's good and perfect plan for creation. And so let's look at Genesis chapter 1 this morning. If you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do that, um, Genesis chapter 1, today's message is entitled, Blessed to Bless. Blessed to Bless. Give a gentle, loving nudge to your neighbor this morning and tell him he's preaching to you today. I saw some of the wives really jump at that opportunity to let their husbands 
know it was time to pay attention. Genesis chapter 1, if you don't have a copy of Scripture uh, in, in your hands, in some fashion, the, the words are going to be up here on the screen this morning. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28 say this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. If you hear me say blessed. And said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Shannon Oaks, there are three things this morning that I want to offer to you in the way of God's blessing. As we close this series and we wrestle with what it means to be having been blessed so that we can be a blessing, there are three things that we need to be reminded of today from God's word that are true of God's blessings in and through our lives. You ready? Number one, God's blessings are for life. I'm not talking necessarily about the term, the, the duration of God's blessings. I'm talking about the, uh, the condition of God's blessings. God's blessings are for life. And then we have to acknowledge this morning as we uh, begin to embrace that truth and that reality that as God created the world and all of creation, we have to acknowledge that as the creator that there are some things that God is entitled to do that we as the creation are not entitled to do. Can we do that? I know that's hard for us to say, yet there's a line that I cannot cross because most of the time in our lives that just seems like an invitation for us to try and cross that line. But the reality is that as the creator, there are some things that only God can do that we as the creation can never do. And one of those things that I think is critically important is God as the creator is entitled to define his creation, right? He alone is the one who understands fully and acknowledges the purpose for what he has created. And so there are some things about God's blessings that are for life that we need to acknowledge only come from God. You and I have zero amount of input in this decision. And that is this. Life is decided and defined by the one who created it, not the one who receives it. So life in our terms is not defined or qualified by a heartbeat or the exchange of, of air moving through uh, the, the, the systems in the body. That there is a quality of life that is defined by Scripture that is only identified through the connection and the alignment to God the Father. Life as God created it and as Jesus redeemed it is qualified in such a way that we know that it is what he intended it to be because of the connection to God the Father and the alignment with his plans and purposes in our life. Shannon Oaks, that's why we as Shannon Oaks Church are a people who reconnect to God's presence, plan, and purpose because we acknowledge and surrender to the reality that he alone is God and therefore he has defined what life is and what it looks like in and through us. Jesus, we see in John chapter 10, says this, I have come that they may have life abundantly. And then in John chapter 11, we see that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then in John chapter 14, we see that Jesus said, I am the way 
the truth, and the life. If there's anything that you take away from this message this morning, Shannon Oaks Church, please hang on to this. Life cannot be known apart from Jesus. In our lives today, Jesus is a necessary and critical component for us to reconnect to God's presence and plan in and through our lives. And so when we see God create in Genesis chapter 1, and he's creating this life of creation in and through man and woman in his image, we acknowledge that when God creates them and breathes life into them, he then blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply. God's blessings are for life. So here's a question for you that I can't answer this morning. Right out of the gates, how are the blessings in your life? How are those things that God has entrusted to you nurturing the life that only comes through Jesus to the Father in your life and in the lives of others around you? How are those things that God has entrusted to you nurturing life as God defines it? Spouses? Here's an opportunity for you to wrestle with the gift of marriage in your life. And, and for somebody, I need to, to, to acknowledge that God defines marriage as a gift and not a burden, okay? And so marriage is a gift that comes from God. But, but spouses, today is the opportunity to begin wrestling or to wrestle one more time with the question of how is your relationship maritally pointing others to and facilitating others in the connection to the Father? How are they getting a clearer picture of the love of Christ and what that looks like for them through you? Parents, grandparents, how is your influence in your children that are in your life, how is it pointing them to Christ in such a way so that they have a better capacity to reconnect to God and his plans and purposes for them in their life. How about the gift and ability that you have been entrusted with by God? By the way, Cameron, you nailed it, girl. Great job. She did a fantastic job this morning. Fantastic job. And it goes to say, without even questioning, that the gift and the ability that God has entrusted to you, you are undeniably and unashamedly using that to point others to the connection that comes from God, the source of life. God's blessings are for life. What about you? The next thing this morning we have to understand and wrestle with regarding God's blessings is that God's blessings are for multiplication. God's blessings are for multiplication. When God blessed Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, I tell you what. I feel like the Godwins can pat themselves on the back, you know. <laughs> if anything, we're trying to do our part. But going beyond the, the scope of physical life in this world, God's greater plan is the, the reality of spiritual life that only comes from him. And so God's blessings for Adam and Eve are absolutely in, in, in alignment with multiplication. Luke chapter 9, verse 16, we see consistency here as Jesus 
leads his disciples up onto the mount, and there they encounter a mass of hungry people, probably a lot like I'm facing you right now, knowing that you guys are thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch here in just a little bit. Jesus leads his disciples up to the mountain, and they find this one boy who has some leftover foods, uh, just a little bit of, of fish and bread. And Jesus says, go get me that and bring it here. And so when the disciples return um, with the mission that Jesus had charged them with, he, he offers that gift and that offering back to God, and he blessed it, Scripture says in Luke chapter 9. And it says this, Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. There was thousands of people in this gathering that Jesus and his disciples had, had encountered and attracted along the way, and they got hungry. And Jesus took what he had, received what actually this little boy had received from God, and he blessed it, and he was able to satisfy the needs of every person in attendance. The reality that you and I need to encounter this morning is a reminder that stewardship the very concept and principle of stewardship. In other words, managing things the way that God would himself if he were in our shoes here and now. Stewardship literally aligns with the, 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 the uh, truth and the reality of the charge to multiply God's blessings. God has entrusted something to us in our lives. For some of us, more things than others, but 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 squaring things off and leveling the platform this morning, we want to acknowledge that the things that are the greatest blessings of God, those things that are not physical to touch, smell, or sound, are those things that God has entrusted to us for life and for multiplication. God says, I'm giving you these things, church, to fill the earth with the life that comes from God. It is no coincidence that this message coincides in 2018 with the opportunity to honor and acknowledge those who have served our military in service. The opportunity for, those, for us to appreciate those who have protected the freedoms that have been entrusted to us as a country. Because the reality is that freedoms who, that have been secured and protected by the veterans of this nation were freedoms who have, uh, that, that were entrusted and were never considered exclusively for them. The, the president didn't rally his army and his troops and say, all right, guys, I'm giving something to you that I'm not giving to those beyond you. He says, I'm giving you a charge to protect and provide for the rest that can't be where you are right here, right now. And the freedoms of this nation of America were freedoms that were entrusted to those who have served our country that were never exclusively offered to them. President Abe Lincoln said this, that those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. 
Shannon Oaks, it doesn't take a rocket scientist for us to acknowledge that hoarding for ourselves what is meant to foster life in others isn't just counterproductive for others. There are consequences for us as well. Take a look at this video. Let's start that over with some volume, guys. One more time. Now we're going to go to new details about that young couple who may have died trying to take a photo at Yosemite. The young man's brother now says they had, a, they had set up a camera to take a photo just moments before the fall. Amy is here with more. Good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, everyone. And the Bay Area couple described themselves as travel obsessed, keeping a photo blog called Holidays and Happily Ever Afters that detailed their adventures around the globe, and they even warned against taking dangerous selfies, asking, is our life just worth one photo? This morning, we're learning the couple behind the daredevil videos like this and picture-perfect moments like these may have fallen 800 feet to their deaths in Yosemite after trying to take a selfie. Supposedly there's a crime scene up there, so I can't shoot from there. Vishnu Viswanath with his wife Meenakshi were at picturesque Taft Point. His brother telling the Associated Press the couple had set up their tripod near the edge to take a selfie before tragically plummeting off the cliff. Nothing seemed like anything was wrong or, or anything like that. It seemed like they were there doing what they love to do. Just months ago, the couple posted this photo with the caption, a lot of us, including yours truly, is a fan of daredevilry attempts of standing at the edge of cliffs and skyscrapers. But did you know that wind gusts can be fatal? Is our life just worth one photo? Those may have been prophetic words, investigators examining whether wind could have been a factor in the fall. This photo, thought to be one of the last photos taken of Meenakshi, taken by a passerby near the spot believed to be where the couple fell to their death. Meenakshi is seen here with her signature pink hair, but without her husband. Some people have commented that parts of the cliff lack safety railings, but some witnesses who were there that day say the couple fell from a spot with a railing. The trend of trying to snap the perfect selfie, no matter the risk, can have fatal consequences. According to one study, there have been 124 deaths in those under 24 as a result. Last month, a teen reportedly died trying to take a selfie at Nevada Fall, also in Yosemite. And over the summer, three vloggers from a popular YouTube channel died after one of them slipped into a waterfall and the other two fell trying to catch her. And listen to this other recent study. There were 259 selfie fatalities from October of 2011 to November of last year. That study published in the Journal of Family Medicine and Primary Care recommending dangerous tourist areas actually should designate no selfie zones in treacherous spots yeah. to let people know, hey, again, this photo yeah. isn't worth your life. We live in a selfie-centered world. And that video goes to show us that it's dangerous. It's actually life-threatening for us to put ourselves in the spotlight and to consider the things that were never meant to be focused on us. But when we choose to hoard them up for ourselves, it puts not just others in harm's way, but it puts us in the middle of it. In Matthew chapter 10 Jesus is talking to a group of people 
and he's giving them some truth that is not something that they were excited to hear. And he says in verse 38 and 39, he says this, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. It's so dangerous and life-threatening for us to put the spotlight exclusively on us, Shannon Oaks Church, because the reality of it is we were never meant to stand in the spotlight for ourselves. We were, it's never meant to be about us, about me, about we. And as we look at Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 10, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. I don't know how many people in the room this morning have that at the top of their Christmas list this year. Oh, mom, dad, sweetie, honey, um, all I want for Christmas this year is just to, to lose my life so that I can find it. It's so countercultural for us to embrace this mentality, and sometimes to even follow it. But the truth, as Jesus d delivers it to us and to his disciples way back then, is that the reality of it is we were never meant to be about us. Speaking of Christmas, just for a moment, I've been reminded of all the, the gifts that are exchanged during that season of Christmas. Some that are, are wrapping paper, some that are tissue paper, and all the bows. And then there's always one thing that just trips me up every time. Sometimes I forget, and sometimes other people forget, that critical little thing that's a name tag, right? Name tags that look like this, where we see it says from and to. And you can tell a lot about how we think about blessings and gifts by the way that we label them in the exchange process. We believe that they originated from somewhere, and we believe that they are destined to somewhere, from or to. And I can't help but believe that if God were to uh, be invited into the conversation of gifts and blessings, that he might say, you know what, you might want to consider reworking that whole name tag thing. You might want to make it look more like this, where it says from and through. Where God doesn't give us something to hoard for ourselves, but he entrusts something to us so that we can use it as if he were using it himself. So that the things that are blessings in our life are not exclusively for us, but God has entrusted them to us ultimately to impact and influence someone else. God's blessings are for God's purposes, Shannon Oaks. God didn't bless Moses with the, the favor of Pharaoh's daughter as an infant baby boy so that he could grow up in the palace living that cush life. God blessed Moses with the status and the position that he did so that when the time was right, Moses would be exactly where he needed him to be so that he could lead the charge of the deliverance of the people of Israel out of the grip of slavery in Egypt. God didn't bless David with that victorious sling of the stone against the giant as just a little man-child. But he blessed David with the victory at such a young age so that when the time was right, 
the nation of Israel would have the confidence and the leadership and the courage of little David as he grew to become strong, victorious King David in God's timing. God didn't bless Paul with a boat so that he could chill on the lake on Sunday afternoon. He blessed Paul with a boat so that he could have the tools that he needed to fulfill the mission of Christ of sharing the gospel and expanding the reign and the range of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. What about you? What about in your life, the blessings that God has entrusted to you? I want to remind us all this morning that the blessings of God are for the purpose of building and expanding the kingdom of heaven here and now among the creation of God. I brought with me this morning, because uh, I came across in this weekend trying to save my mater plants. These are not tomato seeds. These are mater seeds, y'all. Maters. And um, I, I've, I've realized that with mater seeds that we do something that's kind of, kind of crazy, if you stop and think about it. We take these little bitty seeds and pretend this is a field of, of soil here. We put those seeds out there in such a way that we just offer it to the soil, and then we walk away. And there's never a part of us that expects or anticipates the soil to say, thank you. I appreciate your contribution to this journey in my life. There's no part of us that expects the acknowledgement of appreciation from the soil. But what do we do? We put the seed in the soil and we submit it to the environment and the elements in such a way that in God's perfect timing, we don't return to the soil where the seed was planted and expect to yank out the seed and carry it over to a new plot and put it back in. We expect to walk up to a harvest, a plant that has grown from something so little, so insignificant, And now is not just something to stare at, but something to provide for. Could it be the same for us? Could the blessings of God in our life be the seeds that get planted in the soil of our journey? And could God be challenging us this morning, Shannon Oaks Church, to rethink the way we consider blessings in our lives? So that they're not just to us, they are through us. And could it be such that God is not just planting seeds in our life, but he is planting a harvest just waiting for the time to be right? How about you? In your life, the blessings that you've been entrusted You know, if the, sea, if the soil doesn't produce the harvest from a little seed, we begin to think that there's something wrong with the soil. We begin to assume that there's something that's out of balance or out of whack or something unhealthy about that environment there. But we don't really question the same for when the blessings come to a believer from God the Father. 
and they never multiply the harvest that he intended to bring forth all along the way. This morning, as we draw near to the season of Thanksgiving, I want to close our message with Matthew chapter 25. This is, for those who are familiar with this passage, this is the parable of the talents as Jesus is communicating to a group of people. And he has three people that are represented in the story, two who are taking what God has given to them, gifted to them, and they have multiplied it for the use of his kingdom. And we pick up in the story in Matthew chapter 25, verse 26, where it says this. Jesus says, the master replied to the one servant who did not bring back a multiplied harvest. The master replies and says these words, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least it could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Church, I didn't want to put that last verse in there. But then the Holy Spirit just reminded me, this is his work, not mine. The consequences are on him, not me. All I'm asked to do to you this morning is to deliver to you the truth and God's plan and purpose for blessings in your life. God hasn't entrusted a seed to you. He has entrusted a whole harvest to you. What are you doing to multiply the impact and the influence of those blessings in your life for the kingdom of heaven? Let us not be a people who look up and look back on this journey that God has granted us and regret hoarding the blessings for ourselves. Let us not put ourselves in a position to experience the wrath that God pours out on those people who do not steward what he's entrusted to them well. Where is the focus for the blessings that God has entrusted to you in your life. Who is the focus for the blessings in your life? Maybe somebody's here this morning and you feel like that God has been just highlighting and circling in your life the, the relationships that you have. He's granted you relationships, whether maritally, parentally, professionally, with people that, that God has gifted to you so that you can multiply the harvest for his kingdom. Maybe for you, you feel like it's financially in your life. Maybe you just need to come before the Lord and, and, and submit the reality and the fullness of, his, of the journey that he's entrusted to you. Submit that back to him. Surrendering, Lord, have your way. Show me what I need to change in my life in order to live a life that honors and reflects and glorifies you through the multiplication of the harvest for the kingdom of heaven here in the earth.
Shenandoah Oak Church, Ephesians chapter 1-3, where we started this series, reminds us that we, through Jesus Christ, have received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Do not let the enemy whisper into your ear this morning or this season that you are not blessed. We are so blessed. The, re- the question that we must wrestle with today is what are we going to do with the blessings that God has poured out on us? 